HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Lou Bank. I'm Chopper Iwan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Green Gags bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits in rural Mexico. And today we're talking about the market. Uh, so <laughs> if you are a rich entity around the world that may have a um, significant following of any kind, you shall invest in tequila and mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> It oh, is the hot, this might it, get you canceled. It is the hottest thing in the market since well, um, since no. what, 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 since Bitcoin. No, 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 no. The RTDs are definitely growing faster. Oh, right. and, so, and, and boy, and if that if it happens to be a tequila RTD, oof. Yeah, oof. right. So, anyways, yeah, we yeah, yeah. we had access. Well, you had access. You shared that with me to the discus report. Can you explain what the hell is that? Yeah, sure. So the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States, uh, you know, I I hadn't been aware of them, which is funny because I started one of the first uh, specialty um, 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 distilleries in the U.S. But I hadn't been aware of them until last year when they released a report that got got all of the mezcal and tequila uh, geeks uh, up in arms and excited. Uh, what? Okay. It, right? You yeah. remember this? Yeah, yeah. We we did an episode about that, and they got yeah, it. The, Everybody got very excited because it seemed like tequila and mezcal were growing at an adventurous pace. Oh, and they absolutely were. But the, like the news, the stories that I kept reading were were headlines like uh, tequila outsells whiskey. And Things he did. Like that. No, it didn't. American whiskey. American whiskey. So bourbon, and it's such a, bourbon like it's, rye, all of, all of those kids. Yeah, but not the blends. Those are added to the Canadians. Like, it's such a weird misnomer to me. If you look at the total sales of uh, tequila and mezcal, and why they don't just call it agave spirits, I don't know, but it drives me nuts. But if you look at those numbers, um, in the latest report, or even in the report that everybody was quoting, um, it shows that they still aren't even half of whiskey as a category. And that's the category is whiskey. Hmm. Okay. So but whiskey whiskey clocks in this in, in 2022 it clocked in at 77.9 million liters versus tequila and mezcal at 29.9 million. 
Twenty. No, so, that, that, no, that that can't be possible. No, it is possible. No, no, because like, these are the this is literally the numbers from 2022 from Discus in wait, the wait, USA. Wait, wait, wait. These are USA How? numbers, Java. So, so literally, tequila and mezcal is 38.4 percent of whiskey. That's but, volume. If you want to talk revenue, whiskey came in at 12.6 billion dollars, and the agave spirits at about six billion, so around half. No, 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 I, I like, I, I am so sorry, but I need to, because. You know, tequila made 600-something uh, million liters in 2022. Okay. okay. And America is the biggest consumer. Okay. And to think that it's only that volume that was consuming the U.S., it, it, I find it shocking. Well, this is what Discus tells us. Maybe they're not counting the stuff that I bring back in my luggage. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see this. Ah, Okay, pause, 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 pause. And now, around your corner and up your street, comes Larry Beckett, the poet laureate of Agave Road Trip, with an excerpt from a poem he wrote himself, Old California. Oh, to cross the plaza, cradle in the boat, rocked by that green arm, restless water, the harbor, no longer the port of entry to the old custom house. On its faded roof, gulls. And on the balcony, leaning in a white shift and looking down into his upward eyes, a girl. For this, the hours are counted, burning in the sanctuary bells. Night slips off her mantilla, daylight. Stars roll away to rise in back. For this, a wave unknown to her before, him following, steals across bewildering waters to break into music, foam, fall, shoot white scripture over the flat sand of the after so long, the longed for shore of the country of one angel, like nobody to adore. For this, their eyes encounter and the dove flies, the summer. He dreams his hands the rain, her waist the dirt, the heaven of seed, oh, love's alluvials, and the green answer. That was Poet Laureate Larry Beckett. For more of Larry's work, visit LarryBeckett.com. And now, back to your regularly scheduled bickering. Okay, so you're right. I misquoted the number by a factor of nine. So multiply. <laughs> so mul but, it, it, but it's nine on both sides. So the fact is still the same. So it's 77.9 million nine-liter cases for whiskey in 2022 and 29.9 nine-liter nine cases for tequila and mezcal the same year. So it's still 38.4% uh, of whiskey. Yeah, you were giving me a heart attack, Lou. It's like, what the hell? Like, you guys need to start... Like stepping up your game, but the revenue uh, is spot on. Twelve point six billion dollars for whiskey, six billion for agave. So it's literally it's half, it's half. And you know, I I, I think it's 
what is what does that even mean, right? Well, it's insane that tequila and mezcal are taking half of whiskey's market share, if you ask me, but that's just my humble opinion. Oh, I don't think it's insane at all. What I think is insane is that you get these these quote unquote journalists uh, like the folks at Bloomberg who, who put on uh, uh, their website on June eighth of twenty twenty two. Put on their website, Americans will spend more on mezcal and tequila this year than whiskey, which is just not accurate. Well, then. And you had the drinks business do the exact same thing. It's it's really interesting to me that you get this data, you know, and I just misquoted it myself, but hey, I don't claim to be a journalist that you get this data and all of these journalists misunderstand it. And it's not, which is not to say that, um, that tequila isn't taking, isn't finding a huge place in but, the market. But, 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 but wait, the other, but you know why they're not totally misquoting that, Coven huh. Lu? Huh. Because one thing is volume and the other thing is revenue. Okay, and I just quoted that, you the revenue. Uh, the revenue but, the revenue for whiskey came in at $12.6 billion for agave spirits at $6 billion. So it's literally six, half. $6 billion for agave spirits. Yeah. Versus two point versus twelve point six. Uh, 12.12, I understood you. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's because the other thing is also you know you're looking at the one thing I'm looking at the other uh, report that they sent. There's the one with the nice pretty graphics and uh, colors, <laughs> which is and... weird to me too. Because like I get when you look at that graphic, it can be very misleading if you don't look at the base numbers. Because yeah, it, ba- it basically it basically says that people are spending twice in tequila and mezcal than American whiskey. Than that's, American that's what, whiskey. Yeah, that's what these nice graphs with colors tell you. Right, but this is the whole problem: is it's if they had said Americans will spend more on mezcal and tequila this year than American whiskey. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But but that I don't think is a relevant comparison. The real question is, somebody's walking into a bar, what are they ordering, right? And then what's the impact of that on the market? And then what's the sustainability of that in the market? Uh, okay. Can, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, like- sure. So, you know, to me, I think the interesting part of this is if you look at behaviors of consumers in the USA over the last couple of years, they've definitely been drinking more Mexican spirits. And at the because same time, rock. I'm sorry, because we're rock. <laughs> because we're awesome. yes, because we're you're rock. Absolutely. <laughs> and we've got a whole episode about rocks. Yeah. Um, so definitely drinking more of it, which I think speaks to um, the overall narrative that's making its way up from Mexico about more things being handcrafted in Mexico than they are here. And I think that's even reflected, if you look at this growth in this Discus report, um, it's even reflected in the fact that the vast majority of growth in that tequila mezcal category, again, should be called agave spirits, but it's not, the vast majority of that growth is actually in things that are priced super premium. Which I love. Right? So what does super premium mean? Uh, usually, I mean, according to Discus or according to us? <laughs> well, according to Discus, <laughs> this is their numbers. Because like, they, they gave us these numbers. And I'm looking at it and I'm fascinated by it. So with tequila and mezcal, if it's super premium, it's $260 per 12 bottle case at wholesale. So that's $21.67 per bottle wholesale. That is super premium? That's that's, that's exactly well, my point. That's not, that, well, that is what, yeah, I get it. That's then considered super premium now if you want to look instead at uh i don't know let's take uh, let's take that american whiskey right so american whiskey 
$215 qualifies as super premium. $17.92. Scotch, $300 is super premium. $25 a bottle. Like, there's all of this weirdness that makes it really hard to look at one category to the next. But, I'm sorry, to get back to the actual salient point, almost everything grew most in things that are priced premium or ultra premium or super premium. There's like three weird premium categories. Value tended to drop. Hmm. And and what it says to me, you know, and, and look, this is a lot, of, like strap yourself in. There's a lot of speculation here. But what it says to me is this narrative is coming up from Mexico about so much stuff being handcrafted and done in this traditional way that we don't see here very often. If yeah, at all, I mean, you have you have handmade milkshakes and yeah, hand yeah, hand yeah. Uh, hand washed. Those are your handmade stuff but, in the U.S. But we're not going to be touching that cow with our hands. God no, we could catch something, <laughs> um, right? So that narrative is making its way up. But then, if you look at that price for super premium at twenty one dollars and sixty seven cents a bottle, well, that's not handmade. And and if you look at actual individual brands, the stuff that tends to be priced the most. I mean, you know, my head again goes back to, and we've had this conversation, back to like Casa Dragones, which is made using a diffuser. And I'm not saying that that makes it bad, but it's definitely not handmade. But I think people are paying more because they're thinking that they're getting something that is touched by a human well, being. Well, Lou, and, and there's also degrees to that. You know, I don't know if you've ever gotten into a YouTube uh, rabbit hole of uh, just like... <laughs> the answer distillery. is no, unless it's Marvel superheroes, but keep going. Correct. <laughs> but uh, I used to get into like rabbit holes of just looking at distilleries around the world, you know, like the Glenfiddich, the Buchanan's, the Absolute Vodka uh, distillery, and just like getting tours inside there, you know, like people taking pictures and stuff. And even, even your... Like even your signum, even if what we call, I mean, even the even some of the biggest tequila manufacturers, they are significantly more uh, attached to the idea of artisanal than ninety five percent of uh, many of these spaces. You know, there's people that go to the field and cut the agave. Maybe there's, because there's no giant machine to do it. Exactly. Right. Maybe maybe just because out of there, there's it, there's no way to justify a machine to do that. But in the end, bottom line is there is a human going to the field with a sharp object and harvesting <laughs> that by hand. Yeah, you know, like fair. The end, that's a, that's yeah, a, so so it's what you're saying is it's not entirely a false narrative. No, I, I don't believe at all. No, I don't believe for a moment. I mean, even you know, like I I. I, I, I am extremely impressed by some of the processes that places like even Patron have implemented in their in, in their production. And they are not a compared to many other premium spirits in the planet, they are far more artisanal, for sure. Okay. Well, you know, fair enough, but but I want you know what I want super premium? I want to see David Suro's spirit. I want to see Cascaween labeled super premium. That's what I want to see selling because I think, you know, and we've had this conversation so many times, but I think we need to move more back towards that than we need to move uh, towards how do you fulfill this. To, and, and, and to put a weird dichotomy in all of this, 
canned cocktails are being consumed more frequently than tequila and mezcal. Well, yeah, and that, and that it's I think a lot of a, a lot of it in terms of volume. You can drink a six, twelve pack of canned cocktails in one sitting. You, you're not going to drink a bottle of mezcal. I mean, it's the same thing with soju. It's the most consumed spirit in the planet, as because you can drink a liter of soju in one sitting, and you're not going to drink a liter of tequila or mezcal in one sitting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second. This is news to me. I mean, this diverts from, from where I wanted to go, but now I'm fascinated. What's the ABV of soju? It's in the 20s. It's in the Sharp 20s. 20s. So is it? So it's not distilled? It's more like a... It is distilled. It is distilled. Huh. Okay. That's, that's fascinating to me. Okay. Anyway, so, you know, more people are drinking canned cocktails, and it's really hard to find what I would consider premium canned cocktails that match that narrative. Prices, I mean, with these prices, how much is a canned cocktail in the U.S., man? Oh, like, oh wait a minute. Hang on. I think I even have the... No, I didn't. No, I don't have the uh, the the price of what they consider super premium for cocktail. Oh no, because they didn't have a price. It was just if there was a brand name attached to it, like Jim Beam, it was considered super premium. Okay, so I I, I think cocktail like uh, Archie's are super expensive for what you get in the U.S. Honestly, I remember seeing prices like in the five six dollar range. Right, but you compare that to what you're spending for a uh, a cocktail made in a bar. Well, yes, but again, and again, like you can sit down during a dinner and drink 10 of those. Oh, no. And Well, you can't, but, but there's a significant number of people out there that can do that. And and, and that's why the, the consumption is insane of those things. Sure, sure. But my point is just simply where you see people spending money. You see one segment of the market spending a lot of money on super premium price spirits. In all categories, including vodka. I think vodka maybe didn't grow as much in that category, but no, in it all categories. compressed itself. Yeah. Um, but you, you, know, you see them doing that on the one hand, which suggests I want something that's really beautifully crafted, handmade. And then you see a segment of the market that's going for, yeah, just give me something I can crack open and drink. Yeah, but, you know, and I think that, and, and, and I agree with you, I think people, peoples, we all are hungry for stuff that we can love. You know, you make so much fun of me because I, I spend money uh, that seems ridiculous on my pants, but I want to wear something that I, <laughs> you literally called me fancy pants. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, but, you earned that though. Yeah, but, but you know, like I, and, and I wear, every time I wear them, I, I am conscious that I'm wearing something that it's the most, uh, it, it's, I, I, I'm wearing a life the life of like the dedication that a lifetime can take to do something that I am wearing something that it's uh, that it's the best expertise that hum humans can offer to me right now. And I think we all are very hungry of, of, of these things that are quality dedication uh, mirrors of the heritage of places. They're just, just beautiful stuff. And it's for me this is extremely hopeful Lou because I know it's not where we want it to be but the trend is looking hopeful well I think you know a it, tiny bit you know a I would always push back against everybody wants it but B I would actually agree with you that there's a um, there's a calling um, that's bringing us closer to these things that are beautiful and that I think that's reflected in how people are purchasing their their alcohol um 
and paying the super premium prices, I just want to see it better reflected in the end product. I want I want everybody to have your fancy pants, is what I'm saying, Chavo. Yes, and 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 on top of that, we want. I hope they really are fancy. By the way. <laughs> but and I think that on top of that, you want spirits that are not only beautiful, but are, that are also not destroying their environments and the peers around them where they're being produced. Yeah, and well, that's a, even the language to be able to describe that properly and not just make it like buzzwords. It's still evolving. We're still trying to figure that out. So, I mean, I was telling you that I think 22 years is a blink. It's, <laughs> I, I think it's very quick. And I think we're uh, 22 years away from maybe seeing this transition. Well, okay. You know what? I, 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 love, the, I love the optimism, and I love that as a conclusion. So I'm just going to buy into it. Okay. Chido. Chido one, señor Lu. Okay. Ahí nos vemos. Catch you Adios. next episode. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lou Bank and Chava Peribán. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.